Hi, it's Josh Brown. Welcome to What Are Your Thoughts? I'm here with Michael Batnick as always. Hey Michael, guys. <laughs> Michael has no idea what I'm going to ask him about. I don't know what he's going to ask me about. It's our favorite game. Let's play it. Stick around. Okay, I have the first topic. And I think this year was really fascinating. I tweeted out, it was almost impossible to lose money this year. So I just want to run down uh, real quick a couple of these returns for, for some indices. S&P plus 26.4%, Dow up 20%, NASDAQ up 30-something, 30 32%, um, Russell 22%, Europe you made money, 20%, Japan 17%. What's the question? Um, emerging market, like go down the list. The only thing you could have lost money in um, is the volatility index. The, if you bought the VIX, if you were obsessing with vol. Um this is one of the years diversification didn't mean having to say you're sorry. Like, just about everything you did worked. Because even bonds give you double digits close to. Yeah. You made money in junk. All right, you so? You made money in investment grade. Um, is it likely that you'll have multiple years in a row with returns in every single asset class, double digit returns in every single asset class? Or no. is okay. this really an aberration? <laughs> but how do, how do we know? Like, what? Like... Is there anything saying that 2020 could, couldn't see a repeat of something like this? Of course it could. Okay. But we haven't historically. I don't really. know the numbers off the top of my head, but I would say that this was an unusual year in which everything made money. But wasn't 2018 the opposite? Everything lost money? So. So, but is that the point? That Remember Deutsche setup? Bank? Deutsche Bank did this thing where they were like 300 of the 305 asset classes we track lost money in 2018. In 18. Whatever it was. So is that the takeaway that a lot of times it's just the setup and we came into 19 down big in everything? There is no takeaway. But really, it's just that random? I think so. Okay. I'm, All right. I'm still, I'm, still, I'm still betting on another good year. Go okay. ahead. Um, sticking with performance. So the best stocks in the S&P 500 this year, there were five, and they all returned more than 90%. What are they? So three of them were semiconductor stocks. Uh, AMD, okay. Lam yeah. Research, and KLA Corporation, which is something that is not really spoken about. KLA 10 Core. It's like chip equipment. Was AMD the best performing stock in, in the S&P? It was up 120% or something like that. The other two, you have any guesses? I'm going to say Target and Walmart. Target and Chipotle. Target and Chipotle. Oh, yeah, Chipotle. Target was, was up 90%. This. Isn't that wild? That's like a mature business, I thought. I'm going to tell you that I think that's the most interesting thing that happened this year. Best Buy, Target, Walmart are, I think, in the top 20 uh, of the S&P 500. But what about in the bottom? You got well, Macy's. Wait, wait let, me, let me finish that thought. Go ahead. Amazon underperformed. Underperformed what? Amazon did 17% this year versus the S&P 26. <laughs> so I'm, it's interesting. Like if you went into January this year and you're like, I want to play the consumer, like you would have been more likely to want to have more Amazon and less of things like Best Buy and Target. And you would have been wrong. Well, two of the bottom four were Macy's and Trip. Right. What's ABMD? Abiomed. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I just All know right. what it is. Next. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to ask you about your thoughts on Double Line. Um, so as Jeffrey Gunlock founded the company, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary this week. Uh, Double Line started with uh, 45 employees and $2 billion, and they were just hoping to get it off the ground. They're now, uh, I think, hundred. I think they're one hundred and fifty billion dollars, and only forty percent of that is in the flagship fund total mm -hmm. return. Okay. This really flies in the face of everything else that happened 
outside of double line in active management uh, yeah, this year. They were an outlier for sure. But isn't this decade. proof? But isn't this proof that you can build an active investing company or fund or strategy regardless of what the overall flows are? I mean, it's an incredible story. Two billion to one hundred fifty billion in the last ten years. Yeah, but every other dollar. They're a huge outlier. They're a huge outlier. It doesn't prove that that it could be done. But, proves that it was done by one company. But they did it. Yeah, one company did it. So, but not only did they do it, it's massive, and they yeah. Did but it from also, scratch. also, hold on. No, they didn't. They did not do it from scratch. You don't sure start did. a two billion dollar company with forty five people from scratch. He had a long track record before he started the company. Of course, he didn't come out of nowhere. But I'm just, I, I guess it's nice to see that you can build an active, um, an active management company even in a time where trillions of dollars left active management and went over to passive. Uh, this, is, this is an anecdote, you not data. Well, I don't think there are more double lines, but I'm just saying it, it can still be done. <laughs> I don't know. I, it makes me, okay. makes me happy. Uh, CNBC did a survey where they surveyed market strategists for the 2020 forecasts for the S&P 500 and probably amongst other, um, other asset classes. And this was sort of surprising. So the average was like 6%. Which it's always single digits, even though we know that single digit returns are out of, um, are unusual. It's usually up or down double digits. But this surprised me. The most bullish forecast, I believe, called for something like a 9% gain. 3,600 Piper Jaffray. So Is that the big, big one, the most bullish one? But 9%? Is that right? Well, I think you see them every year forecast an average, and we almost never get an average. Right. But I'm so saying, by definition, they'll be wrong. My point was that if the most bullish forecast is only 9%, I just thought that, that stood out to me. The other, the other thing that's interesting is how they arrive at that number. It's usually some combination of the return at plus the dividend, and then they give you like, they give you like that, that average. You know, it, it gets to each forecast, and then they'll average them all across. But yeah, I would be surprised that there's not one double-digit upside target. So I, I the average forecast is up 5%, and the maximum target is 34.50 by BTIG's Julian Emanuel. Is anyone forecasting down? Which would be a 9% advance. I don't, I don't think it was broken down that way. But that seems very low, that the most bullish forecast is for a 9% return. You think what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? Super bullish. Okay, next. <laughs> um, I want to talk about bullying. Bullion? Uh, bullying. I don't. Oh, bullying. Yeah. I thought you I, said bullion. No, I don't want to talk about bullion. I, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are. We moderate some of the comments on YouTube. We get big reactions every time we post videos on Twitter. You seem to get more shit than I do. Why do you think that's because you're younger? Well, more shit where on YouTube? Just in general. No, like every, like just in general with, with our, with our show. I feel like I, I definitely get like people say things, but you get dunked on way more than I do. I might get dunked on for things I say, but you just get like straight up bullied. I think it's the bald thing, if I had to guess. I mean, what is he talking I'm about? almost bald. I should get half of that. Um, so uh, so you, don't, you don't really think very deeply about why you more than me? <laughs> no, I have not internalized. I mean... All right, I want you to go home. I want you to go home this week and think about it. Uh, I don't know. I, I just... I thought that was interesting. Um, I do get it from all angles. It's, yeah. Like, like if, you wear, if you wear a hood on your head... Or halfway oh, yeah. on your head? Somebody said I was trying too hard. First of all, we were in the conference room. But it's 35 degrees in there. And my hood was half on because there's a camera. So I didn't want to look like Darth Vader or the Emperor. So you couldn't even see my face. I just want to say, like, if you if you wear a T-shirt, they're like, oh, Batnick <laughs> wearing a T-shirt. Doesn't give a shit. If you, now you look good today. Uh, probably because we have a meeting. Not, I know you didn't dress up for this. 
But people be like, oh, look at you in a button-down shirt, yeah, yeah. big shot. Like, you yeah. almost can't win. Yeah. I feel like I get a pass on certain things. Okay, this anyway. is a nice segue. <laughs> Would you like to apologize, sir? Your coffee video was trash. Oh, man. I'm embarrassed for you, and I'm giving you a chance. Do you want to apologize? I, uh, what, because what, I said that. It was, it was an unnecessary, aggressive dunking on people that like to drink coffee, calling them coffee assholes. What are you, a steak asshole? You're, you're a Shake Shack asshole. True. All right. No, I'm a, I'm a pizza and burger okay, asshole. Okay, so I'm giving I you. I totally agree. No, I, I, look, I'm, but I own that, so. Own what? If that I pay way too much attention to, like, oh, this place has the best burger. No, but this place has the best bun. Like, I do all that shit, so I own it. Like, so would you get upset if somebody did no. a video calling you pizza People, asshole? No, do it. Please do it. Um, but I will say, stay tuned here on The Compound. My apology will be in video form. I had a uh, blind taste test with Doug Bonaparte, and I think that's coming out I'll tomorrow. I'll say that the difference in taste between the coffees was wide. Yeah, no. I I was proven wrong. Like if we were doing a wine thing, I don't I definitely don't think I could tell you what good wine was. But the coffee was like, oh, that's the good coffee. But can I tell you something? Yeah. Even after all that, if I want coffee and I'm driving past the seven eleven, that's it. That's you, have where I'm go. you have shitty taste in coffee. No, I know it's not I know it's not as good as it can be. Next question. My point is I don't have time. I don't have time. Um, did you see what I just did there? Yes. All right. Uh my pick for the stock that's most emblematic of twenty nineteen. Tell me what you think about this Wait, or if I, you have a different answer. Well, what do you think it is? The most emblematic of 2019. Like if you had to use one oh. stock to explain the whole year. <sighs> wow. Um, I don't know. We haven't mentioned it yet. Microsoft, okay. Tilray? No, Microsoft closed. Apple. Apple. Up this, 70. Because it's pure, it's pure multiple expansion. And it just so, shows how, so I know a very well-known analyst. Congratulations. Covers Apple. Like, he's considered to be like the most knowledgeable app analyst on Apple. He had it as a neutral the whole year. Apple went up 75% this year. I actually saw a tweet yesterday that it has, it's trading at the highest forward earnings as it has. No, the forward earnings multiple doubled from a year ago, something like that. This is my point. Let's say you are the expert, you are the axe on Apple, and you know every single detail of what's going on with this company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the multiple. Goes up 60% over 12 months. but So you had the earnings right. Mm. You had the revenue right. You had the cash flows right. You even got the buyback right. So, um, so and he's so, still no, no, no. wildly wrong on the stock. No, 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 no. He nailed it. They're business analysts. They're not stock analysts. They can't. That's not true. They have price targets. They have well, They have to have price targets. Okay, but they're not business analysts. They don't work for Deloitte. They literally, their job is to say, where they think the price is going based on the underlying based on business. The business. But they my, can't predict the multiples. No shit. So what's the what's the point? Why even have a target? Just say we think the company's doing well. It's so absurd that people want the target. Anyway, this was a big year for multiple expansion. Almost no earnings growth. I mean there were pockets, but overall S and P. Uh in the meantime, you got this big boost because the Fed was being easier. Um, corporates paid 11% in taxes or something this year, just a wildly low tax number. Um, buybacks were good and there weren't any geopolitical calamities. So you got huge multiple expansion throughout the year. So my point is Apple is so emblematic. This is the biggest company on earth and still managed to find a way to go up 75%. Didn't Apple percent. get destroyed when the news of tariffs first hit? Didn't it? Gap down like eight or ten percent. Yeah, it had a ter it had it had a terrible twenty eighteen. It, it had multiple double digit drawdowns, and then this year there was a moment where 
it got crunched, I think, in August. And then it just went vertical. But I think that the, the lesson for me, the takeaway is valuations are driven entirely by sentiment, of course. Um, and so even if you nail the business prospects for a company, that doesn't tell you how other people are going to feel about it. And that, to me, is the harder part of being an analyst or being an investor. What do you think about that? Well, I think that over the short term, yeah, anything is possible. Right. But I think that if you get the trajectory of the business right, you'll agree to do fine. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you got anything else? No. Okay. Let us know what your thoughts are. Tell us what you think about these topics. We love your feedback. Um, go ahead and let us know uh, if you have any topics for next time out. We appreciate all your feedback. We appreciate your subscriptions. Not all the feedback. Some of the most of the feedback we appreciate, um, except for when Michael gets bullied. I don't really, I don't really appreciate that. Um, but we love you guys. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for watching. This is the final episode of What Are Your Thoughts for 2019. But we will be back in January.